1: Time for the Get Ready Show! I am the
3: best in the world what I do. Give
0: me the microphone and go away! The best in pro wrestling talk. And that's the bottom line, the first
3: This right here is the future of wrestling!
0: And it begins now. Can you dig it?
1: Good evening, ladies and gents. You have tuned into the best. In Pro Wrestling Talk, the Ken Reedy Show. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. We got a special, one of our special Sunday night editions of the Ken Reedy Show. We're going to be leading you right up to the Survivor Series pregame that they have going on, the pre-show. So we're taking you right up to 7.30 so you can get on board with Survivor Series. We got opinions, speculation, predictions, as well as recapping what went on in the wonderful world of pro wrestling this past week. Thank you all for tuning in. You want to talk wrestling? Give us a call. 347-838-9815 is the number to call to talk everything in the world of pro wrestling. You can go over check us out on Facebook, Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Check us out on Twitter. At the Ken Reedy Show is our handle over there on the Twitter. And you know, you can check out our website, thekenreedyshow.com. We got blogs over there. You can listen to the show. We've got other info and stuff over there, so go check out the kenradyshow.com. Check out what's going on over there. Uh, we're going to get right into it. As always, i got my tag team partner on the line. Dave is here this evening. Dave, how are you doing this evening?
0: It's Survivor Series Sunday. It's a Thanksgiving to a tradition. Well, it's not Thanksgiving, but it's still a tradition. And I'm ready to talk some Survivor Series. Let's, uh, l- l- let's get right down to it.
1: First off, before we get into all that is Survivor Series, uh, so, you know, go over to the Facebook page. Facebook Again, Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. We're doing our year-end awards, and we're doing things a little bit differently. We're going to get your input to, to create a final ballot, and then you guys will vote on the final ballot. So right now we're going through the nomination process, and uh, voting for nominations is closed for the independent promotion of the year. The final nominees for that category are going to be House of Hardcore, the BWO, Body Slam Wrestling Organization, and CTWE will be the nominations uh, for Wrestling Promotion of the Year. We're going to be closing the nomination process for Indie Wrestler of the Year, and it's an interesting battle right now. Uh, We got Steve Off is in the lead in the top spot, Kevin Steen, and uh, Ray Ray Mars are tied right now. And Necro Butcher, Paul London, Kai Katana, Preacher, and Sammy Callahan are all tied right now for the final spot in the nomination. So anyone can get this. There even could be some dark horses out there that have gotten no votes so far. We, we've had a bunch of the indie guys on it. last week. We had one of the biggest independent stars out there, Andrew Anderson, the reinforcer, was on the show so we're going to close the nomination process at 8 p.m. tonight. So get on the Facebook and uh, vote for your favorite independent wrestler so we can decide the final three nominations to win that award. I mean, it's an interesting category, Dave, because, I mean, there's literally thousands and thousands of guys out there that would be eligible to win this award. Should be interesting how it pans out and what our final three nominations are.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's. it's... It's funny, especially with independent wrestling these days and you know, guys that are trying to get their name out there and you know, I don't we don't have statistics as far as like who listens to our show. Um I'm 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 pretty sure we have some independent wrestlers that listen to our show, whether it's for amusement, entertainment, whatever. Um but you would think that we'd have some guys that would want to call in. So I any mean, any wrestlers listening out there, you want to get your name heard. Um, we got a pretty big forum over here at the Ken Reedy Show. And uh you know, so Call us, call us up if you want. If you want your name to get out there and win indie wrestler of the year, um, here's a name nobody's brought up that I figure I'd bring up. Recent, recently released WWE NXT talent Cassius Ono, otherwise known as Chris Hero, an indie darling who's uh, just returned to the independent wrestling scene um, here in the year 2013. He's a name that could possibly win this and uh it'd be a pretty big coup for us if we got him on the show if he were to win this award so any of you chris hero fans out there and you want chris hero uh to get an interview from us vote for him and then maybe you'll vote for him to win and then we could have chris hero on the show possibly you know if we can get in touch with his people
1: yeah i mean that's the plan once we get the nominations and then the awards in place uh we really would love to get some of the winners on board and, and do a some interviews in our year-end awards show, and you know what? I mean, we're taking votes right now on the Facebook page, and again, that's facebook. dot com slash the Ken Reidy Show. Get over there right now. I mean, I got my one of our fans, AJ Ramirez, got on there this week, and he wanted to vote for a, a indie promotion of the year, and that guy cam- campaigned his little ass off, and wound up getting a mess of votes uh, for CTWE. So, you got a favorite indie guy? Call your friends, have them like the Facebook and go over there and vote for your favorite indie guy. We'll also take votes over the course of the show. If, you got, if you're going to call in, you want to talk wrestling, you want to talk Survivor Series, hell, give us your, your nomination for Independent Wrestler of the Year because it's a tight race right now as far as who could win it and uh, again, the final, the top three vote getters will be nominated and will be placed on the ballot for our year-end awards and so that's it about the year end. Get on there on Facebook, get your votes in, and uh, we'll be uh, closing down the voting for that at 8 o'clock at the beginning of the Survivor Series pay-per-view. 347 8, 3, 8, 8, is a number to call if you want your voice to be heard. Lots of stuff going on. Before we get right into the Survivor Series and all the drama that is Survivor Series, lots of drama going on on Thursday night. TNA, um, kind of, you know, we, we're... We talked about, did did ace and eights, that storyline run its course? It seems, at least for the time being, TNA has nipped it. It looks like we saw the end of aces and eights this past Thursday night. And, you know, uh, Anderson, Mr. Anderson, a guy who's, you know, is pretty damn good in the ring, very, very good on the microphone. Uh, Seemingly, TNA's had a tough time finding a spot for him. Right now, Anderson is in a very, very good spot, ending Ace and H. It's a good build for him. Hopefully, they build on this for him, but very interesting that we saw what looks to be a definitive end for Ace and H, Dave.
0: Well, that about time. I mean, all the guys were getting knocked over um, by bully. And, uh, you know, he lost his title, uh, you know, not too long ago at the Bound for Glory pay-per-view. So it was just a matter of time before the Aces and eights officially ended. And uh, to have, you know, Anderson do it, I think, and, and, and you know, I thought what could have made the segment and the match better itself was they, you know, they got some guys from the TNA locker room out on the stage, but, you know, have the entire locker room there um, to witness it all. And the, the the guys that went through all the pain and all the trouble that, that Bully Ray and the Aces and Eights put them through—they had like four or five guys out there—and I thought that was kind of like lackluster to me. Uh, make this moment feel something special, whatever's left of it from the Aces and Eights. Other than that, I thought the match was pretty solid, and um, it was a big coup for Anderson. And like you said, let's hope that it builds Anderson up even further. Um, I liked him as Mr. Kennedy in WWE. Um, when he came to TNA, the only good thing that. He at least for me, that I saw from him was his feud with Kurt Angle. And then he just kind of faded into obscurity and didn't really do much of anything until this aces and ace angle came about. And I thought it was pretty cool that they brought some life into his character. Now just build off that because he can, he can get a reaction. He's solid in the ring. He can talk. Um, And I, I think he, I think he would be beneficial to them, you know, and they would be beneficial, you know, for him as well. So, um, I, overall, the segment wasn't bad I liked how they went after Taz, I thought that was pretty cool um, That they really wanted to get rid of the Aces and Aates once and for all They went after the announcer too And they didn't forget about him, that was pretty cool I like that um, I wonder if Bully's going to still be with uh, what's-her-face And if they're going to be an item Or if she's just going to get rid of him And then he goes on his own And what happens to him if, after all this? That's what I'm curious
1: about there's a lot of, you know, unanswered questions, which which I'm kind of liking. I mean, I, I enjoyed Impact. I, I like the tournament going on, um, the intrigue surrounding me, What exactly are they going to do with AJ Styles? I like the clips of AJ around the world. Um, I'm not sure. I, I find the, the the title, like, this has been brought to you by the friends of AJ, kind of cheesy. But, you know, I'm not going to nitpick. I, I'm enjoying, like, what AJ's doing with the title. Um what are they going to do? Who's going to be crowned the new champion? Uh, great match between uh, Storm and Bobby Roode this, uh, this past impact. You know, those two guys, they, they continue to be able to rekindle uh, that rivalry. Such a history between the two of them. And uh, interesting development in that match. You know, the barbed wire comes in thinking, oh, my God, the barbed wire. A little bit of blood already in the match. And uh, Gunner comes down and throws in the towel. Um, I noticed at one point. Now is Bobby Roode just smiling because he won and, it, and advanced, or is Bobby Roode smiling because uh, there's something with him and Gunner? Uh, interesting development right there. Uh, what are they going to do with Gunner? But I thought it was it was a good match. Interesting with Gunner. Are they going to split up Storm and Gunner, or what exactly are they going to do? But I thought that was a very entertaining match.
0: Yeah, I mean. I loved how they brought up the history between the two of them um, with the video package about beer money and their and, and their uh, their run as a tag team and how they went from, you know, the highest of highs of being the greatest tag team in TNA to the lowest of lows of splitting up, but Bobby Roode, you know, had this incredible run as the world champion. I liked how they told that story, and they didn't, you know... They didn't. They didn't not acknowledge it. I thought that was good that they acknowledged their history because it would add more passion and drama to the match itself. Um, I think that stuff with Gunner um, where that's going to go, at least in my opinion, I think it's going to turn out to that. We'll see Gunner turn on James storm eventually. And it will be the, you abandoned me for, to be selfish for a world title shot. And you should have helped me in my career, my, you know, my, my time in TNA and I'm trying to get a, a break in the business. And, you know, you were supposed to help me do that. And you abandoned me kind of thing. And, and then, you know, maybe Gunnar will get a rub from having a little bit of a feud with James storm. Um, but that's where I kind of see it. And, uh, as, as far as Bobby Roode and the tournament goes, um, in, the, in the match itself, I thought it was a pretty damn good match. Uh, in a short amount of time, they took two guys who didn't really have anything to do with each other for the better part of a few months, and build up a, a nice, decent little match with the video package, and then the, the, the attack at the bar the other night from Roode on the Storm into a pretty solid little build-up for a match on TV that had a finish like that. I thought it was actually pretty solid.
1: I did too. I mean, I, to me, like those two guys, you, you can't go wrong. Um, you know, the two of them in the ring, and uh, you know, the history is great. The match was great. Uh, real solid stuff. Real solid stuff out of TNA, and we've you know, we've been real critical on the show as, as most wrestling fans. But I gotta you know give credit where credits due. I I, I thought Thursday was was a decent show, and now going into next week, interesting because if you if you know your tradition and your history. Uh, As far as wrestling and Survivor Series, that Survivor Series started as a WWF Thanksgiving tradition where it would air on Thanksgiving night. And whether it's an an homage or uh, Dixie Carter kind of giving the WWE a little bit of a rib here, but Dixie planning an elimination tag match, uh, a traditional Survivor Series match, if you will, for this Thursday night on Impact on uh, Thanksgiving evening, uh, where you got Kurt Angle and Bobby Roode captaining the, the two teams, uh, interesting development for TNA. I'm curious, like with uh, who's going to be on each team, but uh, I'm kind of looking forward to this matchup. I like the rivalry between Angle and Roode, and and should hopefully be a very entertaining matchup. Dave.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's done more or less in, in terms of. Well, since WWE doesn't want to acknowledge their own history, the other company will try to acknowledge the history, but do it in their own way and do it better. Um, because, you know, wrestling fans over the past several years, myself included, have been very disappointed in the, in the Survivor Series pay-per-view. It seems to have degressed over the past few years, um, especially with the fact that there are no... there are, the, the entire pay-per-view used to be stacked with elimination matches. Now you get one... Two at the most, maybe, on the, on, on the actual Survivor Series pay-per-view. And to me, that kind of, I don't know, we talked about it on last week's show. I think it kind of blows. I think they should have more elimination matches and maybe, you know, a couple of title matches, kind of balance it out a little bit. But um, I think it's pretty cool the is going to do it. I kind of have a feeling that, you know, with Rude being a part of the ego group, that we'll see uh, bad influence as a part of his team. Um, who will round out the fourth guy? Who knows? Um, who will round out, you know, team angle? Who knows? But it should be a pretty good match. TNA seems to deliver on the in-ring product um, and, and more than the actual uh, execution of storylines itself. So I don't see the match being a bad match um, unless, unless lightning strikes you know, one of them in the ring and then they have to cancel the match. But well, I doubt it. Um, but like I said, I think that's their way of trying to rub it in WWE's face that we're going to do what you do, but we're going to do it better.
1: I agree, and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You know, our, our biggest gripe with uh, with TNA, and, and you know, some people might disagree, but I think in-ring, you know, for TV, I, I think TNA is, is far superior uh, on a consistent basis as far as their in-ring product. What really hurts them is creatively, how they use guys' uh, storylines and uh, the writing and characterization surrounding the guys, but... Uh, Their in-ring product is always good. So I'm looking forward to this elimination tag match being a a very entertaining, great match. And, uh, you know, it's really cool, though, that they're they're acknowledging, like you said, acknowledging Thanksgiving. And as we go into the history on a Survivor Series Sunday, um, you know, a lot of history surrounding this pay-per-view, a pay-per-view that did start off as uh, being a Thanksgiving evening tradition. And interestingly enough, it's funny because when Survivor Series started, I was never able to watch it because for me like it was like my mom was never going to let me go and watch wrestling on Thanksgiving night. You know, it was all about family. So I never saw like those original Survivor Series live. I saw them later on, but uh, a great tradition, uh the second longest running pay-per-view uh out of the big 4. Uh there's WrestleMania and then there's Survivor Series. So, uh there's a lot of history surrounding this event, Dave.
0: Yeah, I mean Interesting note that, I don't know if some of our listeners know, you know, whether you know or not, but WWE is not the first company to run a pay-per-view on Thanksgiving evening. Jim Crockett Promotions and the NWA used to run Starcade. And when Vince McMahon came up with this concept for Survivor Series, um, he had a little bit, he had some backing from uh, Dick Ebersole and NBC to help him get, you know, even further out there in the pay-per-view world, but he went to all the cable subscribers and told them, we'll put this product out, a better product, WWE Survivor Series on Thanksgiving night for this price. If you don't run Jim Crockett's NWA uh, pay-per-view, which was Starrcade at that time. And, the pay-per-view subscribers said, well, you know, Vince is a hot commodity when it comes to money, so we'll take him over Crockett, and Crockett couldn't run the pay-per-view that night. And then that's what created the following year um, them doing the Clash of Champions on free TV as opposed, uh, uh, opposed to WrestleMania Four. But that's what started the Survivor Series pay-per-view on Thanksgiving evening, was that Vince basically kind of pushed... Jim Crockett promotions out of that spot because Crockett used to run on Thanksgiving Thanksgiving evening for a few years so um, lots of history especially with the elimination tag team matches too um, uh, this morning I was watching um, the very first Survivor Series with the elimination tag matches the main event was Hulk Hogan's team versus Andre the Giants team coming off the heels of Wrestlemania 3 Andre had one man gang Rick Rude, King Kong Bundy and Butch Reed on one side the other side was Hogan uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul of Ken Patera, The Rock Don Morocco, Bam Bam Bigelow, a huge match. I remember watching that match on tape later as a kid because I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling on Thanksgiving either. I had to suffer through <laughs> football at five years old, and I didn't care for football at five years old. Um, but, uh yeah, the, the, the match was a pretty big deal because – that was the first time for me, at least as a kid, where I saw Hulk Hogan lose in a big match. He got counted out. And I was, was used to Hogan coming out the victor at the end. And he lost. I thought it was a big deal. I remember watching it on tape. A friend of mine had it on tape that I borrowed. And I was pretty disappointed. But what I loved about the history, the, the, the Survivor Series elimination matches is the diversity, with the, where they would mix up some of the, the main event with the mid-card talent and team them up together, and guys that you know, wouldn't necessarily see either teaming together or even facing each other um, in the same match. And what I really love, which I think the WWE could possibly pull off if, if, if they were to do it next year, if the tag team division is still the same, where they used to have tag team Survivor Series elimination matches, where they would take five teams Five tag teams and make them form as one team against another five tag teams as one team, and there would be 20 guys essentially in a match. So there'd be 10 guys for each team. It was a 10 on 10 match, and if your tag team partner got eliminated, let's say you were um, the Natural Disasters, if Earthquake got eliminated, Typhoon had to go too. They were part. It was a one. It was a unit, and they did that a couple of years, and I I loved that concept. I thought that was pretty cool. In fact, that was where we saw the creation of. Uh, Mr. Fuji turning on demolition and joining with the powers of pain in one of those tag team matches, but the elimination matches, you could do so many things with them still nowadays, but what you really did in WWE with those elimination matches was you settled some beefs and then you maybe even started some new ones with guys across from from the teams from each other that, like I said, never really really teamed with each other, formed with each other, but a lot of great memories from back in the day with survivor series. Um, the only year that Survivor Series didn't have an elimination match was 1998, and that was the year that they had the uh, the Deadly Game WWE Championship Tournament, which The Rock won with help from the fans. But um, I love the five-on-five or the four-on-four concept, and I, I'm, I'm glad that they at least have two Survivor Series matches on this year's card. Um, and hopefully, I mean, the girls' match, I can't expect it to be uh, anything to write home about, um, with especially with 14 girls and maybe only about Twelve of them uh, don't have talent, and, you know, the other two are AJ and Tamina. So, um, be that as it may, I would personally like to see the five-on-five, four-on-four concept come back um, and be a majority of the pay-per-view, but that's what I remember when it comes to Survivor Series. And then, of course, there's big debuts, and then, of course, we could talk about the screw job and all this other stuff, but growing up, it was all about the team action, and, and that was what Survivor Series was to me.
1: Agree, You know, and it's funny that you mentioned, like, the screwjob, the Montreal screwjob, because as much as, like, I would love to see them go back to predominantly these elimination team matchups, especially now that, you know, the WWE roster, I think, look, I'll be the first when we get into this year's Survivor Series. I, I think it's been a lackluster build to this pay-per-view. However, that you know, that being said, I, I do think that this year has seen the WWE do a real good job at at building their roster top to bottom where you have a lot of guys, you know, in storyline, substantial characters, where this is a good era that I think you could have done a a pay-per-view with just elimination tag matches with a couple of title bouts. I think this was a year you could have really uh, done something like that. Um, You know, in years past and... And we've talked about it on the show that, you know, I think John Cena sometimes gets uh, undue criticism because John Cena, if the WWE product isn't good, it seems like John Cena gets uh, the bulk of that criticism uh, because of the, the overall product not being good. And there was a while there where, admittedly, they were cramming John Cena down our throats, and the, the card was very top-heavy for most pay-per-views, where John Cena's storylines were being overly developed, and the, the rest of the card, not so much. This past year, I think there's been a really good job by the WWE to uh, develop a lot of new characters, a lot of secondary and tertiary storylines where this would have been a good year to do uh, more team elimination, uh, survivor, traditional Survivor Series bouts. Um, and interestingly enough, it's funny because when you go into the history and as much as I, you know, remember these these elimination uh, tag team matches and, you know, you're right. I forgot that, you know, the team matches that if you, one member of your team was eliminated, then you were both eliminated. Um, and as much as I loved all those traditional Survivor Series matches, when I think history, when I think of, you know, Survivor Series, you know, the first thing that I think of is the Montreal Screwjob and everything that was surrounding that and not a traditional Survivor Series matchup, but something that uh, is a moment that uh, will will live in infamy forever. Uh, It's just one of those things in wrestling, uh, you know, for myself watching it live and, and, you know, I believe we're back. Some some reason we got knocked off. And let me see if I got Dave on the line here. Dave, are you back? I am here. All right. I have no idea what just happened.
0: I I I do not know. I know here in Connecticut we've had a windy day today, so I'm wondering if uh you know, are you you experiencing a very cold, windy evening in uh New York?
1: It is. It was actually something I would blog talk, where all of a sudden, like, the... the uh, so you guys out there, you don't hear it, but we have this uh, uh, very polite-sounding uh, English woman that comes on, and, uh, you know, you dial into blog talk, and she, your show is scheduled to start in five minutes. And, and that's it. So, like, so I'm doing the show, and I'm, I'm talking away, and I don't know when I got cut off, because I was going on this long dissertation on the Montreal screw job, and uh, all of a sudden, she came on and went... Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Like, wait, what? Goodbye. You <laughs> <laughs> went through the whole like
0: rigmarole. The, that, and, that was the uh, Survivor I, Series Blog Talk screw job right there. <laughs> <laughs> you got the Blog amazing. Talk screw job.
1: <laughs> and she's so she's so polite about it, you know. And yeah, so it, it was funny. Then uh, she got a uh, then I, like dialed back in, and I got the. uh Since it appears you're calling into a show already in progress, we are connecting you now. Thanks so much. So anyway, in the midst of my uh, Montreal screwjob conversation, uh, I I wound up getting a a blog talk radio screwjob. So uh, I'm not going to go through everything because I don't know exactly what you guys heard or didn't hear. But the crux of the argument or the conversation, Dave, was the fact that when I think of... uh, Survivor Series, as much as I love the elimination tag matches, historically speaking, the first thing that I think of is the Montreal Screwjob.
0: I agree with you there. I mean, when I think of that, the first image in my head is the image of when Bret Hart spit in Vince McMahon's face on live television right in front of everybody, in front of the entire world. Um, I didn't get to see it live that night, but I remember reading stuff online, and I couldn't – I had to – find somebody that had it on tape at the time to watch it and I just couldn't believe my eyes. It opened the doors first of all for the the Attitude Era to really get in full gear. The Mr. McMahon character, that was the birth of the Mr. McMahon character um, where they basically acknowledged that Vince isn't just an announcer, he was also the owner of the company and it signaled, uh, you know, Quite frankly, in my opinion, looking back on, on it, you know, hindsight 2020, the end of Bret the Hitman Heart in his career, because he went to WCW after that and really didn't do much of anything for two years. They paid him a lot of money, but he didn't do anything with them, in my opinion. Um, but it definitely shaped uh, shaped up what Survivor Series is like nowadays where you expect big debuts or shocking screw jobs. I mean, they even did a takeoff on the Montreal screw job the following year when The Rock won the WWE Championship from Mankind. He put him in the sharpshooter, Vince was at ringside, and Vince rang the bell. Um, so it definitely had an impact on the way Survivor Series pay-per-views have been ever since then.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, people, you know, when when they predict, uh, you know, what's going to happen, you know, every year, it's almost like they reference the Montreal job. Who could be getting screwed this year? Could we see something reminiscent of the screw job? Um And it's interesting because when, when we saw it the first time, it was like, what the hell is going on? And then you you hear all the speculation behind the scenes, and then, uh, you know, Bret Hart comes out with, with his movie of, of what was going on behind the scenes, and you're right, I mean, that... Uh, you know almost the unofficial end of bret hart's career cuz you know and and it's it's interesting going back and trying to put yourself in the mindset of the monday night wars because for me as a fan i thought it was over i thought wcw this was it that they they brought over bret hart that that shifted the balance of power and wcw was going to to win this war they were going to bury the wwe and uh Wow, they just never ever used Brett correctly. He never became the uh big star in in WCW that you would have thought he could have been. Um it was just he just he faded away once going to WCW and uh you know, it's amazing when you go back and you you think about those Monday Night Wars. I mean, all the Ducks were in a row, all the all the soldiers were lined up. It was the writing was on the wall that WCW was going to win this thing and Somehow they found a way to lose it, and Vince McMahon found a way to, to take it, you know, and, and in no small uh, you know reason, that with the birth of the Mr. McMahon character, I mean, that did a lot for the product. Um, you know, Vince making himself the number one heel, kind of blurring reality uh, with storyline, and uh, it was interesting coming out of that, thinking that WCW was going to win this thing, and then the WWE wounds up taking it over.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a that, that pay per view was a turning point for um for, for both companies for a lot of people involved. Um another thing, another thing that I want to brought up briefly about Survivor Series was the big debuts that take place at Survivor Series. It seems like we all remember, you know, twenty three years ago the Undertaker debuted from my hometown in Hartford, Connecticut as the mystery man of the million-dollar team with Rhythm and Blues and Ted DiBiase. Um, some other big, notable Survivor Series debuts, more for one last year in particular, The Shield. The Shield made their debut last year at the Survivor Series view, helping CM Punk win the WWE title. And look what's happened to them. They have had a tremendous year in the world of wrestling when it comes to the success they've had and being in storylines and being a part of top storylines and wrestling main event guys consistently all year round. That's what The Shield has been doing since they debuted. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle debuted in 1999 at the Survivor Series, and yes, it wasn't a huge debut. He wrestled Sean Stasiak, who's a virtual nobody now in wrestling, but... He wrestled Sean Stasiak, and everyone saw right from the get-go what Kurt Angle was all about and what he was going to do in the future in wrestling. And within a year, boom, he shot up and he became the man. And I wouldn't say the man in WWE, but he was a big name. Um, Scott Steiner, big Papa pump returning at the 2002 Survivor Series. Also, that same night, the Elimination Chamber debuted. So are we going to see tonight maybe a, a debut from an NXT talent, or are we going to see... A a return of some sort. I've been hearing names like Sheamus and Mark Henry in town in Boston, possibly for tonight's Survivor Series pay-per-view. I would love to see it, only because I think this pay-per-view needs a little bit of jolt of some, you know, shock value to it. It wouldn't be hugely shocking, but Survivor Series has also been known for, like I said, the, the the screw job and. Big debuts And we've seen some pretty de- big debuts Over the years at Survivor Series That have done you know, wonders for these talents Are we going to see the Shield Go on to even bigger things Whether it's together or individually Because they debuted at Survivor Series last year Are we going to see the, the, the downfall of the Shield Tonight In their elimination match Debuts at Survivor Series have done wonders for guys In my opinion
1: I would agree with that. I mean, it's, it's definitely, a, you know, a pay-per-view that's got a lot of history surrounding it. And who could forget, you know, Survivor Series spawning off this Tuesday in Texas?
0: And A lot of people forgot this Tuesday in Texas. <laughs> I didn't, but a lot of people did.
1: This Tuesday. I mean, you know, there's so many things. There's so many things surrounding this, this pay-per-view, historically speaking. And, and it's interesting because you almost hope I should say you, almost. You really hope that as much as there's been a bit of a lackluster build to this. Now, look, you see the matches on paper; they all could be at least decent, entertaining matches. You kind of hope that as much as the lackluster build uh, has been there, uh, with all the history surrounding this pay-per-view, uh, the the 26 years prior to tonight's pay-per-view, that you know they deliver on something. If not historic, but something that's very entertaining and really you know blows up the landscape. Uh, I'm hoping that we see some sort of surprise tonight, whether it's a debut or a return or someone turning on someone else or uh, you know we see. I mean, we've been seeing the chinks in the armor with the Shield. Do we really see that team uh, really beginning to break up? I mean, they've had a hot run uh, this past year, and I got to say something about the Shield. I um, mean, it's more or less you know sometimes you can do a team a disservice by, by entering into hyperbole and just being way too high on someone. And as much as I loved when he started, JBL is absolutely killing me on commentary right now. I cannot stand this guy. I mean, right now the guy is giggling through uh, almost every match. He calls, he yells what's up uh, when our truth is coming to the ring, as well as, Oh, for the Usos. And, and he continues to put out there, that he puts the Shield in the same category as the NWO and the Four Horsemen. Now, I think the Shield has been great, and it's been a great run for this year. But in a historical context, I mean, come on. Can we just – can we place them, like, really where they are right now? Now, maybe when it's all said and done, we'll be thinking that. But when I think of historical factions, I'm sorry. The Shield does not pop into my head. They're on a a very long list before they start to – crack into the upper echelon of all-time factions and it's just it's really kind of getting on my nerves that every time we see the shield in the ring that jbl is is putting them up on this historical pedestal that is just not there and for me i think you're doing the shield a disservice they've been very good they've, they've been tremendous they've been almost a breath of fresh air in the world of professional wrestling three relative unknowns as far as the WWE landscape coming in there and wreaking havoc over the past year, let's just taper where exactly we're putting them historically. But I am looking forward. I'm hoping that we start to see more and more uh, splits or, or uh, you know dissension in the ranks. And uh, I, I'd be curious to see what each one of these guys can do on their own. But lots of stuff surrounding the Shield. What are we going to see out of them from tonight, Dave? Um, I
0: think we're gonna. I think. We're still going to see the Shield as a, as a functioning unit. Uh, we could see maybe some teases of dissension, but I think they're going to. If we want to go predictions, I think the Shield is going to come out victorious. The three of them. I think there'll be the three survivors left um, from their match, and they'll win. As much as the baby faces have, you know, garnered some uh, so, some advantage over the past few weeks with the return of Rey Mysterio added to that team, I think the Shield will show some dominance, and they'll kind of tie it into along with the storyline of Randy Orton needing the Shield's help, and the Shield comes out victorious in their match, can Orton do the same thing for the authority sort of thing? Maybe they'll tease that a little bit. Um, As far as, you know, the JBL comments that you made, um, I agree with you. I think he just gets a little repetitive a lot, and he says some things that just don't kind of make sense with the character that he's trying to portray as the heel commentator. Um, I think... From a, from you know, a, a fan standpoint, and, and knowing the wrestling that I know and what you know, what other fans know, I think the Shield in today's WWE in the past five years they've taken new guys, they brought them in, they come in with a big splash, and after a few months, boom, they kind of fade off into the sunset. And they really don't do anything with them. Um, I mean, we kind of saw that with the Nexus with Wade Barrett, um, and I thought the Shield were going to be honest. To God, I thought they were going to come in, make a huge deal, and then. Boom, they're, they're disappeared. They're back down to the mid-card. But for a year, consistently, from th- last year's Survivor Series till tonight, they've been consistently booked strong. They've worked with top talent. Holy they've cow, Dave, over- do you hear that? No. no.
1: Anyone else hearing this? I, I There's a Toys R Us commercial playing in my headphones right now. What? I, I am not kidding. Blog Talk Radio is now, having a schizophrenic now, episode tonight. Now now I'm hearing it, yes.
0: Goddamn, Blog Talk's screwing us up. The Blog what, Talk's screwing us See, that's what
1: happens. Is it gone? <laughs> <laughs> this is surreal tonight. All
0: they better right. be
1: giving like a 50% coupon or something. <laughs> hey, like yeah, I, want, I want that for Christmas this year. Um, geez, all right. <laughs> Are we good? No more Toys R Us. No All right, continue, Dave, with your points on The Shield.
0: My point on The Shield is that they've been consistently strong. They've worked with top talent. They've you know, they wrestled Undertaker and wrote him off of TV by attacking him. They did the same thing to Rey Mysterio, The Rock, Sheamus, Randy Orton, Big Show, John Cena, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk. They've worked with everybody that's been at the top of the list in the WWE. They, To me, collectively as a group, they've been booked similar to the way Undertaker was booked when he debuted at Survivor Series in 1990 all the way till the following year when he beat Hulk Hogan for the WWE Championship. Yes, they're not all heavyweight champions, but they've been booked consistently to look strong and to be a real force and be in top storylines, and that's what happened with Undertaker, too. Undertaker came in and just mowed through everybody until he got a title shot. The Shield's been mowing through everybody. Yeah, they've had some losses and some, you so, uh, so the, the wind knocked out of their sails a few times. But when it comes to modern-day WWE and the way that they book young guys, these guys have been looked, sh- booked strongly for, consistently for the past year, unlike other groups and guys that have come in, young guys, made a splash, and then fade off into mid-card obscurity. And over on main event or superstars or Saturday morning slam, and you never see them again. Shield's been a different story. So I could kind of understand. Maybe it's not JBL coming up at this point. Maybe it's Vince telling him in the headset to, to really beat him up like beat them up like they are the NWO. Even though the NWO was three established guys that started out, um, I, I compare them to a modern day version of the Freebirds. And at least in my opinion, Ambrose is the talker. That was what Michael Hayes was. Seth Rollins, he's like Buddy Jack Roberts. He was the guy that took all the abuse and all the beatings from the babyfaces. And Roman Reigns is the big enforcer, kind of like what Terry Gordy was in the Freebirds. That's if you want to compare the Shield to somebody, don't compare him to the NWO. Compare them to the Freebirds, because that's who they—that's at least what I see them as nowadays, a modern-day version of the Freebirds.
1: It's a good point, point. and you know, getting back to JBL's commentary, I mean, I agree with you. It's—it's it's kind of weird, you know. His commentary right now is, you know, on one hand, he's supposed to be kind of a heel commentator. But he's, like I said, he's chanting, oh, and what's up. Um, and, and what really is killing me is how he just giggles through everything. you got this team. And I think, you know, as far as factions go, and let's get, get rid of, like, the historical context. Because who's, I, I mean, to me, it's like that, that's when you start to get yourself in trouble. Like, the Shield has been great. For 2013, and let's leave it at that. Before we got to put them in a historical context, uh, the Wyatts. Now, the Wyatts have been great, and there's something very different, uh, something mysterious, something uh, unique uh, about the, their approach. Um, Bray Wyatt and the way he he cuts a promo is is something very different in the landscape of wrestling right now. Uh, he's a guy that you know has a sinister laugh, and even when the, the Wyatts are getting beaten. Uh, it seems like Bray Wyatt just has this really evil, maniacal laugh that, that nothing kind of stresses him out. You know, he's just he's just so crazy that uh, he's, he just doesn't... You know, nothing really affects him in a negative way. And their entrance is, is so eerie. Everything about them is so eerie. Everything about them is so unknown. They're from the backwoods. They're a cult. And as they're doing their Wyatt family thing, JBL giggles through half the stuff they're doing. How does that – I get it. Look, I know it's a different WWE right now. I know it's supposed to be more family-friendly. I get all that. But when you're talking about, like, if you want to make the point, Dave, that you're saying, all right, you know, maybe it's an oversell job, but JBL is trying to sell how great the Shield is, fine. I get at least the motivation behind that. But you're trying to sell the Wyatt family – As this incredible, mysterious, evil, unknown, cult-like group of individuals That who knows, I mean, for all we know They could go and try and kill the commentators We don't know where the, the Wyatt family wrath is going to go next And JBL giggling through half the stuff the Wyatts do Just makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever Yeah, I mean... When it comes to
0: the Wyatts, you know, when they first brought them in there, the video packages, it, remi- it was very old school, reminded me how that they would introduce guys to TV with the vignettes and, and, and kind of get a sense of what their characters like before you actually see the in-ring uh, presentation. And even with, you know, after they would air these vignettes and before they would build them up like these guys are creepy, these guys are weird, they're much to the beat of their own drum, they're coming soon, this, that, and the other. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're here, and JBL comes on. And he's like, "Oh my God, they're here! Let's get to it!" Like he gets all excited. It's like you should be selling the fact that these guys are some weird dudes, man. Like you don't know what to expect from these guys. That like you're a little creeped out, you know. C- color commentators from the past, you know, have, have, have done stuff like that. You know, with, with characters, they've sold the character. You know, JBL. JBL comes off like a like a really big mark. Like, he's like a mark with a cowboy hat on. Like, (laughs) that, 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 when these guys come out, like, it's, I don't know. I just, his commentary to me years ago when it was just him and Michael Cole on SmackDown and, Years back, you know, five, six, seven years back, he was good. Now it's just kind of the same stuff. But he has a tendency to just kind of latch on to things. When 3MB comes out, he always compares them to, like, the Mean Street Posse in a karaoke bar. Like, he says the same jokes all the time. It's like, come up with some new stuff, dude, because it's getting old. <laughs> Figure out what you are. Are you a, a heel commentator or are you a babyface commentator? I don't get it. I, I did. But when uh, he... he I don't know, I'm done with the JBL conversation I'm done with it, because then I, I, I'll have to watch The whole pay-per-view on mute, and I can't do that
1: <laughs> It's just weird to me Because I just feel like, you know, the commentating job. You know, and I, I do some Commentating, and, and you know It's like your job is to kind of Sell the action in, in the ring, and sell The characters, like You know, not to get totally esoteric, but I, I Always look at commentators as kind of like The Greek chorus in, in traditional You know, drama uh, you know that if the Wyatt's are supposed to be mysterious and dangerous and evil, then the commentating team needs to refer to them in that sort of context. If you're commentating for a Santino Morella match, Santino is obviously a comic relief type guy. You can laugh and stuff throughout the stuff he's doing. You know, it's just it, I don't know. It's it, it's just it pull it. You know, it's one of those things where I think with commentating, you know. At worst, a commentating team should be unnoticed. At best, they add to what you're seeing on TV. The worst, worst, worst thing that any commentating team can do is to take away from the characters and the action in the ring. And lately, I find the commentating, especially of JBL and Michael Cole, just, just being distracting. That I, I, it kind of pulls me away from how good or bad... The match might be because I just find they're, they're giggling and they're poking fun at each other. And they almost, honestly, like when you're saying, like, he sounds like a redneck mark, they, they, they sound like two guys getting drunk at a bar with, with uh, Monday Night Raw happens to be on the TV.
0: <laughs> That's pretty good, actually.
1: <laughs> they don't sound like two commentators, they just sound like two guys that got a line of shots in front of them, a couple of beers. And every so often, they glance up at the TV screen, make a joke at each other, giggle, and then take another swig of their drink.
0: Yeah. You know, you know it's interesting that they sh- what they should do, you know, the Internet nowadays, they have all these big drinking games, especially when you watch WWE, like the Michael Cole app drinking game. Like, take a shot how many times Michael Cole promotes the app. They should do a drinking game, uh, you know, for the, all the marks out there in the Internet, where they should have guys do shots for how many times JBL and Michael Cole get off topic during a Monday Night Raw. You'd be hammered by the first match. <laughs> You'd be destroyed. You wouldn't have a liver left. You would be out. You better hope you got a raw DVR to watch the rest of it when you wake up tomorrow morning from your hangover because you ain't going to get through the rest of the show, okay? Bottom line. You might not even get it to the the, the stupid Kmart commercial where the Miz comes out and comes to your birthday party. And why would you (laughs) want that to your birthday party anyways to begin with? Okay, he'll probably steal your presents and he'll eat all the cake. And he's not even cool. Like at least get, like like Ray Mysterio brought his clay in the commercial. Who really wants to Miz at their birthday party? I you, know want I, a if you watch that
1: commercial, the next time you watch that commercial, pay close attention to the father, because the father is actually more excited to see the Miz than the kid is. And for the first no, time no. this morning, I was catching up on SmackDown and I, I rewound and watched again, and the father just borderline comes out of his skin with excitement that the Miz is actually at his kid's birthday party. Go figure.
0: <laughs> i got to watch it again. you oh, It's yeah. amazing. I've played
1: about 30 out. more
0: times on Monday.
1: And he actually ta- he takes the Miz action figure out of his son's hand.
0: Oh, I do remember that part. Now, yes, I do.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, that kid's got no hope. That kid, you know, his father is a Miz mark. I mean, like, that kid has no hope. Remember when you see that kid in school, be a bu- be a star, not a bully. 347-838-9815 is the number to call while we're going off the rails here. But why don't we, maybe our callers can get us back on track. Highly doubtful, but let's go out there anyway. And as always, start us off. We got Tony on the line. Tony, how you doing tonight? How are you there, Tony? Going off the rails on a crazy train. Tony, are you there? All right, we are probably having some phone issues. Hopefully we can get back to Tony uh, in a little bit. Let's see. We'll try one more time. Uh, we're going to go to Mike on the phones. Mike, are you there? Yes, I am. What's going on? Not so much. Getting ready for Survivor Series this evening. Got to say, last week when you called in, you kind of inspired us a little bit to go uh, delve into the history of Survivor Series a little bit. Uh, so we talked a little bit about that. We got the big pay-per-view coming up tonight. Uh, what do you got for us? you looking forward to tonight's pay-per-view? Uh, absolutely, I'm
3: looking forward to see what's going to happen. Um, I like the way they're setting up the Miz and and um, the. I was gonna say I like the way they're setting up the Miz and Kofi Kingston. It looks pretty good.
4: Who's knocking um, on your door?
3: <laughs> what happened? I got yeah, I got door problems tonight. You know how it goes. When you're a wrestling fan, everybody's going
0: I mean, knocking on your door. You play Call of Duty with your buddies. So you've got a lot going on when you call our show.
3: So I don't play Call of Duty. I don't play Call of Duty with my buddies. We go out hunting. Oh,
0: okay. We All right, go. so I continue.
3: So anyway, so I'm looking forward to seeing how the uh, Survivor Series is going to shape up. Um, I, I wonder if Punk and uh, Daniel Bryan are going to be able to get along i like to see how that's going to work out. Uh, I know everybody thinks that it's going to be a smooth match, but you never know. Um, they have a tough task ahead of them with the Wyatt family, so we'll see how that pans out. You know, being that the Undertaker um, today, well, Survivor Series was his debut, as you said earlier, Dave, um, I'm wondering if the Undertaker's going to come out tonight.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting thought. I mean, we're we're kind of talking, and we're we're hoping that something uh, tonight, whether it's a debut or a big return, you know, when you're talking returns, uh, there's probably none bigger than having a, an Undertaker appearance this evening. Um, that would be cool. I, you know, I don't know if I bet the farm on it, but it would definitely be cool if we saw that.
3: Right, and also Ray Mysterio Jr. comes back tonight. I was talking to one of my buddies last night uh while I was playing pool and he said that Rey Mysterio lost it and I said, Wow, already you're saying that and he the guy didn't even you know, he he didn't even really get to his stuff yet.
1: So he's saying that he lost it? He doesn't think he's he's got it. A... I didn't
3: say that. My friend said that. He he said he thinks he lost his step. I mean, I don't think he I don't may I don't know, Is there gonna be some ring rust from Ray, maybe a little ring rust, I don't know. Some some wrestlers can come back in the ring. Uh, they can leave for all this time, come back and like it was never they they were never gone.
1: Yeah, I mean the problem I think with Ray, I mean he may have lost his step, but here's a guy who's had I mean what give or take a uh, hundred and fifty knee surgeries? Uh, you know he's 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 not a young man. I mean he's he's thirty eight. He'll be thirty nine uh, in he's December. Thirty eight. He looks twelve. Well, <laughs> he does look young. But uh, you know, wrestling his style, you, you wonder how long he's going to be able to uh, keep up with that. And there were reports. know, he looked all right on SmackDown, but there were reports after Raw that he was seen uh, limping to the back. So who knows? I mean. You know, has he lost a step perhaps? I've never been the biggest Rey Mysterio fan. However, when you see him come out, you got to, you know, he's still really popular. The kids really love him. He still gets a big pop when he comes out. So as much as he's not necessarily my cup of tea, uh, you got to hand it to Rey Mysterio for his longevity and how as he continues to uh, be very popular, you just wonder how long he can keep going. I mean, it seems like at least once a year... He goes out for a decent chunk of time uh, with some sort of knee issue, but we'll see uh, what he we uh, we get from him a, outside of tonight. Um, I'm, for, thoughts, I'm definitely ma-
3: looking forward to that, but I'm looking forward that the IC title is going to be actually defended on the pay-per-view. I'm shocked.
1: What you know do you think of that been... match? I mean, are, you look, are you looking forward to that match, or what do you think of Biggie Langston?
3: I, I think Biggie Langston is a talented, talented wrestler. I think he's come a long way from being Dolph Ziggler's muscle. Um, And also, I think of Kurt Henning's son, very talented as well. I I do like his demeanor. I like how he goes to the ring. Um, On a personal note, last week I was shocked to see that they they gave the title to Langston already. I don't know. It could go either way. Um, I think think, uh, the majority of the champions are going to retain their titles tonight. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't see any, any, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe Big Show wins the title or maybe he gets screwed again. I don't know, but my gut feeling tells me that every, uh, all the champions are going to move forward.
1: Is there any one um, match you're looking forward to over all the other ones?
3: Uh, I'm looking forward to the total divas match because <laughs> that right there is a good product. Okay. You got the total divas. Okay, TV show. I don't know if you guys watch it. I watch it because I, I, I like that. I'm into the reality of it. Um, I watch the Total Divas. So I like that match because here's the brainchild, okay, and, and, and it's gimmick, okay, and it's real life story, real-life story-based. So that's a, a match I'm going to be interested in, the Divas match. Um, and of course, Triple H is not wrestling. So if it was a match with Big Show, that would have been really great. I would have, I would love to see him take on the Big Show. That would have been fun. But uh, Triple H is not wrestling. Who knows? Maybe Triple H screws somebody tonight. So maybe they do it. Maybe they do a Montreal relive screw job. I mean, I think Bret Hart's gonna be there tonight.
1: It's a I good think. point. I mean, maybe we do, maybe know. it's something... You never know, you
3: guys were talking about that. That is the... When you say Survivor Series when you say the Montreal Screwjob, you're talking about books, right? How many wrestlers wrote books? You're talking about DVDs. You're talking about Brett and Sean doing a DVD, uh, a DVD and the signing and all the whole shmiel. I got a, a friend... Uh, well, I, I, got a, I got a friend who went down to the... Autograph signing and got next to Brett and Sean. And I, and I was like, wow, you just took that, you know, you just, you just gave them more money. <laughs> you gave them more money for some, good, for some good stuff that happened years ago between them, you know. But that Montreal school job really stuck a craw in Brett Hart. And you know what the best part of that was? It was during the Monday Night War. So. Kudos to them for that years ago because it was done during the best time in professional wrestling, my, my, you know, to my estimation. But uh, Survivor Series tonight, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to watch it. I'm, I'm glad they put some traditional Survivor Series matches. I'm looking forward to the Survivor Series matches. You know, all these guys, can they, you know, can they get along? It, you know, Ben, like I said last week, Banders brown. Rick DeMoto Martel, They've, they've had problems in these uh, Survivor Series matches. Goldust walked out on Team USA one year or whatever. That was the Montreal Screwjob, I think. You're right. Except for once.
1: Nice. <laughs> a little more history. Mike
3: I try to do the thing. Hey, Staten Island's going to get rocked um, in January with Jacob Snake Roberts. He's coming down to do an autograph session at Euro Pizza. Richie Hedgenberg or whatever his name is, he's doing it. So it should be a fun time to see the snake man. I'm going to be down there. I got, I got some words for Jake. But anyway, speak to you guys soon and, uh, enjoy the Survivor Series tonight.
1: All right. Yeah. Thanks thanks, for the call. Give us a call tomorrow. We'll talk reaction. Take it easy, Mike. Mike, bring up a lot, a lots of stuff. Uh, you know, interesting that we do have an IC championship match tonight. And, uh, you know, two interesting figures, two careers, like perhaps, uh, you know, at a crossroads, one on his way up, one on his way down. Um, let's talk the new IC champion, Biggie Langston. Uh, I, I Personally, I'm a big fan of what I'm seeing out of him, a guy who is absolutely enormous, but at the same time, uh, very quick in the ring. Um, I'm a big fan of his. I didn't know if his character was resonating uh, across the board of wrestling fans. Tremendous pop on Monday night when he finally won the IC title. Uh, this guy's star is getting bigger and bigger. Interesting when he teams up with Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown, and now Ziggler kind of the second banana to Biggie Langston. So I'm really curious how far this guy can go. But this guy is definitely uh, looking like he's on the fast track to stardom, Dave.
0: I thought it was a good, a good fun match on Monday night with him and Curtis Axel. The the reaction he got, you know, coming out winning the match, and then, of course, during the match, I thought um, it really made that match feel more important than it was because the crowd was into it. Sometimes they'll advertise a championship match on TV, and the crowd just will, they don't expect it, and they're not really popping like, oh, it's going to be a title match. Like, they just kind of expect the same old, same old. But the crowd is pretty into it on Monday night. Um, As far as Langston goes, from what I'm understanding, he's a name that they are looking at that when the time comes for John Cena to officially walk away and never to return again, which I know a lot of wrestling fans are going to be very happy about. um, Biggie Langston is going to be the next, Biggie Langston is going to be one of those names that's going to be in line for a big uh, main event push. Uh, Him and uh, another guy that you and I both predicted as being, um, you know, the, the, the big name to come out of the shield, Roman Reigns. So, uh, Langston, they have big plans for him. The one thing I'm kind of curious about is a few weeks ago he saved Cena from a Del Rio beating – And they haven't really acknowledged anything like that. I wonder if they're going to acknowledge it tonight, if they're going to follow up on it going into the next Um, pay-per-view. Are Cena and Langston going to be an alliance of some sorts? Is Langston maybe going to cost Del Rio the title? That was what was kind of interesting to me. And from what I understand, the reason why Langston is getting this push, they like him, and Cena's also a big factor into it. Cena and him are workout buddies. Um, If you watch – the Rock versus John Cena DVD, uh, a lot of the you know, NXT developmental talent um, at the time who are now on the main roster, guys like The Shield, guys like Big E Langston, um, they trained in John Cena's gym on his build towards WrestleMania 28 against The Rock, and Langston had some sort of bench press record that Cena put on him, and he broke the record. And they've become good friends ever since, and um, from what I understand, Cena's been a Big supporter of him getting a, a an opportunity in the spotlight, and uh, I kind of like Langston. He does he does some stuff different? He's got a different look about him. I'm not really too thrilled with his haircut, but it's different. Um, I like the, the 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 powerlifting chalk thing at the at the uh, um, you know at the beginning of his entrance. He's very intense, and uh, I can see them really pushing him and making him a name uh, for years to come in WWE.
1: Agreed, and and by contrast, uh, you know, and and for me as a fan, I loved the initial setup with Curtis Axel. Um, You know, we keep talking about it uh, for for a while now, you know, and that's why, you know, it's hard to speculate what Biggie Langston's going to do. We like what we're seeing, but, you know, you you talk about wanting to see the IC title raised in prominence a bit. It'll never be where it was when we were growing up, but, but hopefully, you know, a little more prominent. We thought maybe, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes was the man to elevate that title. And, you know, Curtis Axel. You know, I, there was a lot of like for me at least. Curtis Axel, the lineage with his dad and granddad being paired with Paul Heyman. Uh, I had some some high hopes for him. Even right down to his theme song. Um, I just was really optimistic with what Curtis Axel was going to do. There was a lot of talk about how how he trained. He, the Rock was training with him, um, and I had high hopes for him. Um, you know what went wrong with Curtis Axel? Is he someone that does he is he in need of a manager? And, and the, the Paul Heyman thing didn't work out. Is it was he poorly booked? Does he just not have it? I mean, I'm curious, Dave. It, it just this has been a really weird run. For someone that I think both of us were very optimistic about where he could go, especially when they paired him with Heyman. Uh, but, I mean, I think with Curtis Axel's run uh, the past couple of months, I mean, you could lackluster at best would be the word I would describe uh, his run as of late.
0: I think it's a combination of a few things with him. First of all, um, when he was brought out to television, you know, a few years back on the NXT contest concept that they had on TV. He was introduced as the son of Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. Um, most wrestling fans know him as Joe Henning. Well, they gave him the stupid Michael McGillicuddy name. And then they put him in there with the Nexus, and um, he kind of floundered and didn't really do a whole lot there, and he was kind of on TV a little bit here and there doing jobs for guys on Superstars or uh, Saturday Morning Slam or whatever. And then he's just, like, nowhere to be found. And then they bring him on, you know, shortly after WrestleMania with Heyman, and people expect him to have instant credibility because he's with a guy like Paul Heyman. I don't think that's said to be true. Um, that he could have just skyrocketed to the top because he had Paul Heyman with him. I think it should have been somewhat of a bring him back, have a purpose for him, and, uh, you know, give him a slow build till you get to Heyman, at least in my opinion, and then make it. But the other thing, too, is, like, the whole point of, like, Axel and Heyman, the pairing together was to, Make Axel a, a star. At least that's how it came off to me. And you can't make him look like a star when he's made to look weak against, you know, guys like Triple H and John Cena and, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan and and CM. I mean, you're representing Paul Heyman, who JBL on TV every week is like the greatest, says he's the greatest manager of all time, yet you're losing the majority of your matches. That doesn't make your character Look any better when you're supposed to be managed by the greatest manager of all time. That, mean, that means either he sucks as a manager or you suck as a talent. So it's just, I think they, they kind of got lost with it and didn't really serve its purpose. And, and I think it would be best if he maybe tagged up with somebody and they formed a tag team. Um, he's good in the ring. He knows what he's doing in the ring. I will not take that away from him. But I think he's had a, he's at a crossroads where He's had a hard time figuring out how to go on his own and do his own thing because of the legacy that his father had built over the years, and he wants to do things on his own. But at the same time, people are clamoring for him to be more like his father because they think that will help him. Um, and the combination of having Heyman by his side, and Heyman basically got more of the attention than he did in most of the storyline. So I don't think this was a, a – in my opinion, this was a disservice to him as a talent. So maybe they turn a babyface eventually and he becomes a tag team guy with another, uh, uh, somebody else that's kind of floundering on the roster. I don't know. I mean, I would to be honest with you, if they didn't fire Ted DiBiase, I would have made him and DiBiase a DiBiase attack team and build off the fact that they're second generation wrestlers. Just my opinion. Book it.
1: Stanford. That's not a bad idea. I mean, it, it's just, it's, you know, you look at a guy who looks like he's got a lot of talent that, you know, just, it just, it really hadn't worked out. And, uh, you would have thought it would have worked out with a guy like Heyman, but uh you're right, you know that Bill is the greatest manager of all time, and, and you just keep losing, you, you just it just doesn't look good for you. So I'm curious, I mean, like you know why not, since we're talking about this match, get into predictions. Um, you know, i I would be floored, flabbergasted, shocked, whatever other words you want to use uh, if Biggie does not come out on top again talking biggie is the future of this company as far as uh you know what we're hearing and you know just uh, opinion just seeing what he's bringing to the table um so i am looking that biggie will win this match biggie will win it clean uh i don't see any shenanigans and maybe they look to the future to repackage curtis axel but uh no shenanigans here biggie comes out on top legit and clean what are your thoughts dave
0: let the love fest begin because I will agree with you. I, I I think like I said my point earlier. They got plans for Bicky Langston. He's going to be a big part of the company in the near future, and uh, he's got to retain the title. So I I don't I don't think he's going to restore a large amount of credibility to the Intercontinental Championship. But I think he's going to have a dominant run with it, and they're going to make him they're they're planting the seeds for something big for him down the line. So Langston with the win tonight. Sorry, Curtis Axel.
1: Curtis! Remember guys, get over there on Facebook We're going to close up the balloting for Indie Wrestler of the Year Come 8 o'clock tonight That's facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show uh, Lots of guys getting nominated There's a ton of guys tied now with one vote So you want your guy nominated for uh, Indie Wrestler of the Year Get on our Facebook right now, vote for your guy You want to talk Survivor Series 347-838-9815 8, 8, 8, Is the number to call We want to know what you think going into survivor series this evening and we're going to go back out to the phones and we're going to try and get tony up again tony are you there yeah there he is yay telephones yay uh, <laughs> all right uh, so yeah. oh, okay survivor series tonight a few matches you know uh again like we talked about a bit uh you know i, I think it's been a bit of a lackluster build however i do think there's a some potential for some pretty entertaining matches. What are your thoughts going into Survivor Series tonight?
2: Well, yeah, the build has been, uh, well, let's face it, there hasn't been much of one, but uh, I, th- I think the matches could be good. You know, I mean, you know, particularly the uh, the traditional Survivor Series match, which, you know, like I said, it's like you were talking about before, was like I, re- I really wish, you know, there were more of those, you know, it's like have you 2 title matches and then have the other, sh- have like three or four other tr- Survivor Series matches, you know, because it's like that's what the dancing was was based on you know back in the uh, back in the old days or whatever you know it's like i grew up on the same on the same thing and it's just like my god it's like for you know for one of the big four it's certainly taken a lot of um it's certainly uh not high on the w w e list of
1: uh but and honestly, it's it's weird it's weird also because it, it it's become at least for for me the the second half of the year which is which is bad that you're looking at like half the year because I think that the WWE, as you're saying, priority is always WrestleMania. And you have the Royal Rumble that is tied to WrestleMania season. So out of the big four, you have Rumble, WrestleMania, uh, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. And I feel like, you know, a lot the past couple of years, you get like a decent Rumble. You know, WrestleMania is what WrestleMania is. It's It's the biggest event in wrestling over the course of the year. And then the latter half of the year, you get a lot of times a lackluster SummerSlam and Survivor Series. So it's a, it's tough when you look at, like, you know, first half, you're you're really excited, and then second half can kind of leave you a little bit flat. So I'm really hoping that tonight is one of those events where, you know, where our expectations are low and they kind of blow us away with a really good event. Fingers crossed that that's what we see tonight. But is there, is there any match tonight? I mean, you're talking... You know, you, you wish, and we're all talking about wishing there was more of these traditional Survivor Series uh, matches. You know, there's the Diva match, and then the uh, the tag team, uh, the tag champs, the Usos, and the Shield. Like that match. Um, is there any one match tonight, though, that you're really looking forward to above all others?
2: Probably the two I'm looking forward to are the 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 uh, traditional Survivor Series match, the the guy one, and uh, the uh, Punk and Daniel Bryan against the Wyatt. I think those are. I think, you know, I'm. I just think those have been, been booked better. You know, I mean, even Biggie Langston and Curtis Axel should be should be decent too. You know, and, and I make it a three. Make make it three. I think Biggie's retain, Biggie's retaining. So, um, but it's you know, I guess it's. Uh, I expect we will see some good matches, and then we're probably going to get you know, Big Show and Randy Orton at the end. They're going to do something like really stupid just to keep the, just to keep the streak of. Pay-per-view is anything so wretched going
1: <laughs> they, just, they just want to be consistent with that I'm curious, you brought up the, the, the Punk-Daniel Bryan match uh, and, and looking forward to that And You know, it's interesting with the, the Wyatt family and, and their cult uh, Their cult-like uh, Characterization and um, You know, a lot of mystery Surrounding them, uh, CM Punk And Daniel Bryan, you know, functioning as a team How, how do you see this match Playing out tonight?
2: Uh I I expect uh, the Wyatt's to I expect the Wyatt's to go over here. But uh, you know as far as how it'll plan out, I don't know what they'll do. It's I mean it, it should be a good match, you know. I mean we will probably see a lot of good stuff from, you know well you know, Punk and Brian are good and you know, and, um Luke Harper, I uh, you know, I've enjoyed watching, you know. I mean, I don't know it's what you were talking about earlier with the, you know, it's like how they built up the you know it's like the Wyatt's are kinda of like this you know, like this creepy like swamp kind of uh I don't I don't know what you call them, but you know it's. I expect some kind, you know, it's like I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know what they. You know, I I just expect you know, I just expect the match to be good. I mean, as to how it'll have will book, it I don't know. I mean, I I just expect the Wyatt's to go over.
1: So you know, I, I would tend to agree. I mean, if we we get getting the predictions in that match, I, I think we could see the Wyatt's going over. But I, I I I like the idea of this match because I think there's a lot of mystery and intrigue going into it. Um. I agree. I'm, I'm curious how it's going to happen. You know, are we gonna see dissension between Punk and Brian? Are we just gonna see a straightforward Bray Wyatt interferes? Are we going to see a new member of, of the Wyatt clan? Um, you know, the, the speculation and you know, Dave and I talked about it and Dave brought up a good point in our pre show meeting, you know, we keep hearing Bray Wyatt saying that the devil made me do it and speculation running rampant on the internet, like who is this devil? And uh, you know, Dave pointed out that he is crazy. He could just be talking about Satan, and uh, there's not an actual devil. But maybe there is. Do we see who that devil is when he, he keeps referring to the devil made me do it? Um, interesting stuff surrounding this match. But I, you know, I think it's something that we'll see. Uh, you know, it's something we'll definitely want to see the reaction on on and the the fallout tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. But Dave, how do you see this match uh, playing itself out?
0: I mean. I think it's. I mean, it should be a fun match. I, I, I kind of. Part of me thinks that the Wyatts should go over because it would make them a big deal, um, being two guys of the caliber of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. But part of me also has a feeling too that because it's CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, they might go over. Um, I. I think the way that they the way that the show's booked tonight, I think they're going to need some babyface to win, and you know Cena might be one of them, but I think Brian and Punk might be the other babyface that's going to have to win this match, um, win their match to at least get the crowd happy and into it, as opposed to you know they're probably going to be uh, pretty upset that Orton might retain uh, over Big Show. Um, but be that as it may, I think the actual in-ring product of the match would be good itself. Um, you know, you brought up a new member of the Wyatt family. What about a third guy to even up the odds for Punk and Daniel Bryan? Maybe we'll see somebody from NXT get called up tonight. There's been rumors of Sheamus, uh being in town and making an appearance. I just I heard. I heard there was a possibility that Sheamus might be the guy to um, challenge. You know. Uh, answer Ryback's open challenge because there's a possibility Ryback may have an open challenge tonight. So maybe they'll maybe Punk and Brian will have a third guy to back them up um, tonight or make an appearance after the match. But um, from what I understand, from what I'm reading, uh, Punk and Brian are still scheduled to have a feud with the Wyatt's going past tonight's picket view So this isn't a one and done thing. Um, but if so I'm gonna go predictions, um. You know, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to go with my gut and say that the Wyatts are going to beat Punk and Daniel Bryan tonight.
1: Can you feel the love tonight? I love tonight, predicting these matches. But uh, again, Tony, you know, I'm hoping as, as we're all in agreement that the, uh, the build for this has not been great, that hopefully we get a... A good pay per view. You guys out there that don't know, Tony is the best blogger in the business. Blogs on Raw, SmackDown, and Impact each and, and every week. Check out the Show dot com for those blogs. Uh, I'll hear from you tomorrow night. We'll talk about reaction and going into Raw. Tony, as always, thanks a lot for the phone call. No problem. Yeah, I'll talk to you tomorrow night. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, man. Sure. And it's Tony talking a little Survivor Series. Uh, what he's looking forward to. I mean, it's it's a uh, You know, it's funny because that's a match like right there There's a lot of mystery and intrigue surrounding the uh, the Punk-Brian event against the Wyatt family Uh, Like you're saying, do we get a a third partner for Punk and Brian? Do we get another member of the Wyatt family? How does this whole thing play out? Uh, Do we see Punk and Daniel Bryan kind of uh, get into it a little bit A little friction between the two of them? Uh, Lots of speculation, but... You know, everything coming out You know, I really like this and, and it's interesting, you know, depending on who you talk to As far as wrestling fans I mean, and we talked a little bit about this last week And who knows what goes on And who knows the stuff you hear on the internet What's true and what's not But you hear the stories about, you know Daniel Bryan's being knocked down to the, the MIG card uh, You know, he's, he, buy rates were down Daniel Bryan's being blamed uh, You know, moved out of the main event picture Blah, 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 you know I, I like this Like, to me, this is cool for a guy like Daniel Bryan and CM Punk to be kind of slotted into the mid-card. It makes the mid-card real interesting. To me, this is, you know what, this is best for business. There, I'll use that. But I think this is good. It it gives the Wyatt family, as great as the Wyatt family has been since they've come in, it really gives them now a a real sense of importance, Uh, battling guys like Punk and Daniel Bryan, um... You know, I, I, we're both in agreement We think the Wyatts are going to go over tonight Which is a huge feather in the cap of them So I, I don't think CM Punk or Daniel Bryan Are necessarily taken out of the main event picture Permanently But I like what they're doing right now I think this really beefs up the mid-card And as we continue to Beat the dead horse of saying that It's been a lackluster build to this pay-per-view uh, I think this match Has got a lot of potential uh, it, it gives the, the mid-card a, a lot of oomph and to be honest, it's it's a match that very realistically could be a match that steals the show. So I'm really looking forward to what we're going to see out of this matchup tonight, Dave.
0: Yeah, um, it's what I like about you know I I, I like your point, and agree with it. Um, but um, what I like more or less about putting Brian and Punk with the Wyatts is that it spreads out the talent across the show. Like you and I talked about it in our pre-show meeting. People think it's a demotion into the mid-card, but when you have all this talent and you sprinkle it across a three-hour show, whether it's a pay-per-view or a Monday Night Raw, as opposed to some of the three-hour Raws we've talked about being big old snooze fests, it's actually... Pretty solid. They've got a good groove going on with a three-hour Monday Night Raw. And then with a pay-per-view, too, I think it helps with where they spread these guys out. We're going to have a good, solid match with with, with this match here. And then we're going to have a Survivor Series elimination match with all the talent like The Shield and The Usos and Cody Rhodes and Rey Mysterio. And then there's the Biggie Langston thing going on. And then you got the girls where there's some talent in there and there's some isn't. And then you got the, t- the two title matches. So you got pretty much three hours of a pay-per-view. Yes, the storylines may not be as engaging as of late, I will say that. But talent in-ring-wise, for a pay-per-view, they, they spread it out pretty good, in my opinion.
1: I agree, and that's just it. When you have a lot of talent, you know, not everybody can be in the main event, and I, and I like the way it's been sprinkled through. I mean, I think you got a pretty, you know, decent, balanced uh, pay-per-view card tonight, and hopefully they're able to deliver. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We're going to go back out to the phones. We got Justin on the line. Justin, are you there? I can. Hi. Thank you so much for being patient. You've been on hold for, for a while. We got Survivor Series coming up tonight. Are you looking forward to Survivor Series? Yes, sir. Is there any, you know, we got a bunch of matches. I mean, we got, you know, the CM Punk and Daniel Bryan versus the Wyatts that we were just talking about, the uh, traditional Survivor Series matches, Cena and Del Rio, Randy Orton and Big Show. Any one of those matches you're looking forward to? What about my, my buddy Edge? What about Edge? What about Edge? Well, Edge, Edge is retired. Now, maybe we see uh you know who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? We're talking about a You know what?
0: Here's here's you know what we bring up Edge. I, I, I this just popped into my head because this is what happens in my brain when it comes to wrestling. But here's a historical Survivor Series fact about Edge, which ties along to tonight's Survivor Series. Tonight's Survivor Series emanates from Boston, Massachusetts, at the TD Garden. That same building. Ha- hosted the 2008 version of the Survivor Series. Edge made a surprise appearance and won the WWE Championship from Triple H in a triple threat match in that very same building five years ago. Are you serious? I am dead serious, like a heart attack. <laughs> I know. Not a Terry Lawler heart attack, but a heart attack.
1: Oh, you got that right. <laughs> I- yeah, yes. them, so it's like a five-year anniversary, so that's got a little, little edge history for you there, Justin. Thank you, Ken. Well, thank Dave. Dave came up with it.
0: I know. He's a he's a genius. <laughs> I, I I try. So tonight,
1: tonight, Justin, uh, John Cena is is taking on Alberto Del Rio once again. Obviously, John Cena has the the bad arm. Um, any thoughts? Who do you think is going to win that matchup?
2: It's going to be uh, Randy
1: Orton. <laughs> Between John Cena and Alberto Del Rio? No, it's going to be John Cena. You think John Cena is going to beat Del Rio. So you think Randy Orton's going to be Big Show?
2: Oh yeah, he's going to beat the crap out of him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I love I love your calls, Justin. So let me ask you, when Randy Orton and Big Show wrestle tonight, do you think, I mean, now the authority, Triple H and Stephanie, they said that Randy Orton's got to take care of business on his own. But do you think that, you know, maybe that was just for, for show? And, and does, do, do you think that Triple H might interfere in this matchup tonight? I don't think so. You don't think so? You think he's a man of his word?
0: Oh, yeah, he's a man of his word.
1: Okay, so Randy Orton going over the big show with without any interference from uh, the authority. There, you, you heard it from Justin. Justin's prediction, picking both Randy Orton and John Cena to retain their titles. Justin, thank you so much for the call. Uh, we love talking wrestling for you. Are you going to watch Survivor Series tonight? Yes, Ken. Well, you enjoy it. And you know what? Give us a call tomorrow night. Let us know what you thought about Survivor Series.
2: All right, Ken, because I miss you.
1: I miss you too. Thank you so much for the call. We'll, we'll talk to you real soon, right, man? All right. Take it easy. And Justin, with his predictions on Survivor Series, he just he he loves Edge, and you know what's funny when he brought up Edge. As we know, Justin loves to bring up Edge. Um, I I I wouldn't be opposed to certainly sort of seeing Edge come in as a part of the panel in a, their a pre-show panel. Um, one of the things I got to say coming into this pay-per-view. As we talk about the build not being great, I, I'm really optimistic actually to see this panel. My my biggest gripe with their uh, their pre-show and their or their their mid-show, you know, they keep going back up to the uh, the panel of experts that you've had guys on board that were too adherent to their characters. Whether you had a guy, uh, you know, The Miz or uh, Vicky Guerrero, that uh, you know weren't really able to kind of pull pull out of their characters and really talk about the pay-per-view in, in an objective fashion, at least to give us the illusion of it being a legit pregame show. I really like the panel they put together tonight with uh, Bret Hart, Booker T, and Mick Foley. I think that that could be very interesting, could be very entertaining, especially as we talk about the history of Survivor Series and uh, Bret Hart so closely tied to the history with, with the Montreal Screwjob. Um, you know, talking about the authority, the history that Bret Hart has with Triple H, as well as the history that McFoley has there, um, could be a very interesting panel. I'm looking forward to seeing their take on uh, the matches and the event tonight, Dave.
0: Yeah, they'll, 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 bring a, they'll bring a cool perspective of it. Of course, with Bret Hart sitting there, you're going to have to acknowledge the big 500-pound elephant in the room known as the Montreal Screwjob, Um stuff you know, it's interesting, you know, Foley and Booker T are part of the panel, um and the and the, the the analysis that they're gonna bring on these matches or at least some of these matches. I, I kinda like this Hall of Fame panel. I, I like the whole pre show idea to begin with. I think the pre show idea um was something that they should have done a long time ago. Um when they did it at WrestleMania, um when we were there, Ken, I remember, you know, they would get to the commentary of the guys that were up there. They had Dusty Rhodes there. And I I like the pre-show panel uh, that, that 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 they have done starting these pay-per-views since they started it at WrestleMania. Um, because when you order the pay-per-views, you sit at home, you get some guy in a studio in Stanford previewing the pay-per-view, and it's like big whoop. But when you're live there, they make it like a big sporting event. Like it's a big, big deal, and I think it's cool. And when they bring these legends in, I mean – you know, they had Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam a few months ago, and he was closely tied from Daniel Bryan, who had a huge night that night against John Cena. And I liked how they've taken certain guys and they placed them on the pre-show that ties into the storylines and things of that nature. And it, it also served a purpose for some of the talent that do the pre-show that may not be actually wrestling on the card. If you may not be wrestling on the card, but you shine on the pre-show, hey, you could be the next host of LiveWire and – 2055 for all we know <laughs> you know what i mean so the, the, I, I like it all around i think it's a cool concept
1: i do too and i'm looking forward to this panel this is the uh this, this is probably for me like the the best panel like i've seen that the panel that i'm really looking forward to uh hearing their analysis and and hearing what they say uh you know i mean the only thing honestly that can make this this pre-show panel better is uh for Dave and I to be part of it, and that really would just totally put the panel over. But I still think it at least will be decent tonight with the three of famers up there. So 347-838-9815. Uh, eight, 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 Again, we have our end-of-year awards going on right now on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Ken Reidy Show. Uh, lots of guys. As I said before, lots of guys tied with one vote apiece. We we're trying to set up the final nominations for Independent Wrestler of the Year. Uh, head on over there, get your votes in. We're going to close the balloting on that at 8 o'clock this evening. We're going to go back out to the phones. Here we go. Caller, are you there? Hello. Hello.
4: What's up? Is this is Ken Reedy.
1: This is Ken Reedy. And you are?
4: Hi. My name's Rick. I promised hey, I how would you call doing, from... Rick? Hey, I'm good. I'm in Boston right now at the Survivor Series. It's uh, very quiet in here so far, so <laughs> I figured I'd call the show and say hello. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. So it's actually, you're saying it's quiet in the building right now?
4: Yeah, they just started letting people in about, I don't know, what is it, 7 o'clock now? So I'd be surprised if it's even half full when they start the pre-show. Uh, They've got a huge uh, huge set um, for the video boards in Survivor Series, which looks pretty cool. Uh, I would say that it blocks off almost the floor of the building. That's how huge it is.
3: Wow.
4: It's pretty quiet thus far, though. So
1: it's where very are cold feet?
4: out, so I hope they let us in. Uh, we're dead, know, center in uh, dead center in the balcony. Dead center in the balcony. To be honest with you, we weren't planning on going, but when I went to my cable, it was 64 bucks, uh to order it. And uh, it, on StubHub, we were able to get two tickets for 40 bucks. so we decided to come down. Wow go to the show instead of watching it on TV. So,
1: Well, that works. You know, if you can get there yeah. live and it's cheaper than seeing it on TV, why not? Is there any... Uh... I already
4: would have to... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just say, I already would have to hear Michael Cole here. <laughs>
1: Sorry.
4: <laughs> good
1: that would be the biggest benefit to going to see it live. But I- I'm curious, Like, is there any one match tonight that you're really looking forward to seeing?
4: Uh, I want to see the Sh- uh, Shield and the Wyatt family. Um, that's what it's most intriguing to me. I don't know if they'll like start the turn now or wait a few months, but I I find that to be very intriguing with those two teams and obviously uh they're starting to do the yes chance, so I'd love to see Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and uh I'm gonna certainly boo John Cena like I did at WrestleMania, so it'll be a good night.
1: But do you think yeah, any predictions in John in the John Cena matchup? Who do you think comes out on top there?
4: Oh the John Cena. <laughs> I'd be surprised if he – I'd be shocked if he didn't. Uh, I, I'd be surprised if it wasn't the final match on the card, to be honest with you. But, you know, they don't normally put a Smack – well, I call it a SmackDown match with the second-tier title at the end. But I wouldn't be surprised if they put him at the end. But I don't know. i I'm I'm I like to see what happens at the big show and Randy Orton, even though I think, it's, I think tonight's just going to be like a move-it-on-down-the-road type of pay-per-view where everybody kind of goes over – you know who you expect them to and you know the titles stay where they are but you know maybe they'll change titles you know it's happened quite a few times in this building where they've done that but i, I don't foresee anything big happening tonight but you never know
1: very good rick thanks a lot for giving us a phone call enjoy you know if, if you got a chance to give us a buzz tomorrow night we'd love uh your thoughts as far as uh being there live and a perspective on uh what the arena was like, but enjoy yourself, have a good time. Hopefully they they blow the doors off and give you a kick-ass pay-per-view.
4: Yeah, it's supposed to be sold out, so maybe it'll be loud, maybe it won't. But we'll give you guys a call tomorrow, have a great show. Enjoy your panel, and uh, we're going to have some Bud Lights, okay?
1: Enjoy, take it easy, thanks for the call. Thanks, Rick. Interesting, so uh, it's it's kind of quiet, you know. Uh, It's funny, I guess most wrestling fans are kind of, you know, they want to be cautiously optimistic. And I know for for us as fans, you know, you, you still – you want to look forward to the pay-per-view. I mean, you know, and to be honest, like the build for this, you know, this – we do the show, so I watch the pay-per-views. And uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm a fan. I want to watch the pay-per-views. But, you know, the build for this, this may have been one I, I may have taken off if not for doing the show. It it, it hasn't been something that – uh. I'm overwhelmed with, even though you look at the card, there's a lot of potential uh, going into these, these matches being decent matches, it's just the build hasn't been there. Uh, and I'm hoping they, they kind of shock us. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, as much as there, there's been a lot of criticism going into this pay-per-view, that uh, they wind up blowing the doors off, and we're like, wow, you know, crappy build, but a kick-ass show. And that's really... I'm hoping when, you know, 11 o'clock tonight rolls around that that's exactly what I'm thinking, that it was just a really entertaining uh, pay-per-view event. But uh, getting into our, our predictions and back to, you know, I, we don't analyze the, the women a lot, so why don't we get into the uh, the tra- traditional Survivor Series match with the ladies. At least, you know, again, nobody's going to write home about the, the Divas division. And, you know, it, it's... It, probably is for most still a bathroom break kind of uh, situation. However, at least we have a storyline, a very basic storyline. Some of these women are on TV. Some of them ain't. Uh, so we have a survivor series matchup between the two teams. Uh, you got to admire everything you've seen out of AJ Lee. She makes the divas relevant. Uh, definitely an interesting character. She's given Tamina of some relevance. Um, Interesting that Caitlyn is on AJ Lee's team. A lot of history between the two of them. Do we see something between them blow up during this matchup? Who knows? As far as predictions go, you know, I'm actually looking at this. I think AJ Lee is going to be the final survivor. However, I would not be shocked if someone on the Total Divas show winds up being the final survivor. Um, Hopefully it's an entertaining matchup, but i i 'm seeing aJ Lee being the final person and, and her team being victorious in this matchup. Your thoughts on this
0: um, i't like you said i don't see this being you know something to write home about as far as match quality goes. There are some talented girls in there, some are not I won 't name names, but um, I think we're going to see probably a, a breakout performance from somebody in the match um, that hasn't really got a whole lot of TV time. Um, that's not on the total Divas cast. So somebody from AJ Lee's team is going to have a breakout performance. This match kind of reminds me of a classic Survivor Series match that took place between... it was the Teamsters, captained by Shawn Michaels with Diesel, Jeff Jarrett, Owen Hart, and Jimmy neville Nighthart against the bad guys, which was Razor Ramon, the one, two, three kid, the British Bulldog and the head shrinkers. And Diesel eliminated about four out of the five guys. And I kind of see something like this happening with that you know, with that bodyguard, talent, dynamic that, um, that uh, Tamina and AJ have. They have that Shawn Michaels-Diesel kind of thing going on that people have compared them to, but in a female version, I could see Tamina kind of cleaning the house on maybe four or five of the girls and really showing her dominance, and this is just a bold prediction, something out of left field but I think we're going to see something teased between the two with AJ and Tamina possibly heading to Wrestlemania 30 between the two of them for the title. Tamina's father was in the very first Wrestlemania as as a part of Hulk Hogan's team in the corner of Hulk Hogan and Mr. T come full circle 30 years later Tamina's fighting for the Divas title at the 30th Wrestlemania where her father was a part of the main event of the first one I think we're going to kind of see something take place some old Survivor Series history going on maybe Tamina will have like a Diesel moment and take out a few of the girls, setting up something eventually teasing something with her and A j for wrestlemania thirty, so I actually see Tamina and a j winning the match, the two of them, not just a j by herself
1: but we're both we're both picking the same team uh interestingly Correct. enough, when you look at that team you know we we speculated about those stars of the future and you know, we're, all the reports we're, we're reading and speculation, and, and again, you know, when we talk about the stuff you hear online, we always talk about, you know, you've got to take it with a grain of salt. It could be complete BS. It could be a grain of ter- a truth. It could be total truth. I, I mean, you never know what's being leaked, who's leaking it, why it's being leaked. Uh, you know, half the time you hear some stuff, it could just be market research that the WWE leaks something on purpose just to see how people are going to react to it. That being said, a lot of stuff we've been hearing when it comes to the future is Roman Reigns and Biggie Langston as, as the future of the company. And one person, as far as the female division, we've heard a lot of Summer Rae. And Summer Rae may be in line to get a decent push as far as her role in the diva division. Do we see uh, you know, Summer Rae have a somewhat of a breakout performance in tonight's matchup?
0: Yeah, I mean, they got plans for her. Um... And you know it's funny too. If you go back and you watch last Monday's segment of that god awful musical chairs between all those girls, um, you notice that they they pan the camera over to Summer Ray quite a few times in the uh, in that segment and put a little more focus on her. So you know when I when I talked about. Maybe we'll see a breakout performance from somebody. Maybe Summer Rae is that woman that's going to be that's going to break out from AJ Lee's team. And I think I think Natty's going to be the workhorse of the other team and probably take the brunt of the beatings. Maybe her and like one of the Bellas are going to be left because I can't see the other girls doing much. Eva Marie I and mean, what's she going to do? She's going to go in there. She's I don't even know what she's going to do. Who's the other The, the other rookie, the, the little one that looks like she comes from the Girl Scout Club. What's her name? Jojo. Jojo, yeah, Jojo, Jojo's Jojo not doing anything in this match, in my opinion. The, the, the same is going to happen. It, so I think we're going to, I think we're going to see some quick elimination. They might be taking the brunt of Tamina's beatings from my predictions, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not a match or you know, we're going to write home about. It, it could be an entertaining matchup. It would be interesting to see if we have a Summer Rae as a breakout performer or to receive Tamina Snook as a breakout performer. Um, who knows, it's interesting uh, You know, I, I tried to Block out and, and not think At all again of that uh, Musical chair segment, but Oh my god, uh, you know it was, it, it was borderline I mean, I was. it was one of those moments where like, I was Embarrassed for them And uh, again When you, when we talk about the build to this event You know, that was another moment where You know, wow, are they really playing musical chairs On, on the go-home show? I mean, it's, it's a the last raw before one of the big 4 pay-per-views and and they they have a musical chairs segment it just it was really really difficult to watch and again one of those moments where if not for the show i probably would have changed the channel but that 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 was just uh, terrible i mean there were some good moments in monday night raw this past week but that uh that that segment just left a lot to be desired
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, it was god awful. Last time they did musical chairs on Raw, Chris Jericho, uh, wow. when Eugene hosted Raw and was like the GM or something, and that was pretty funny. This was, it, to me, it almost came like they screwed up. something it came off like they screwed up something. And, and I don't know. It, let's just move on. It was terrible.
1: <laughs> Good point. I mean, now we're moving into like the the big match to the night, and we got you know it's interesting. I, I think more than anything, it'll be interesting to see how this pay per view is booked. You know, Rick was saying he wouldn't be surprised if we have Cena Del Rio uh, on last. That wouldn't surprise me at all. But I, I feel like we're going to see Orton Big Show as the main event tonight. Um, look at that matchup. I mean, the Randy Orton and Big Show. Lots of stuff setting up this matchup. Lots of storyline. Lots of history. The Authority, as uh, we spoke about with Justin. You know, does. The authority is saying they're not going to get involved. Randy has to take care of this on his own. Are they lying? Are they telling the truth? Who knows? But lots of stuff swirling with this matchup. It's a tough match to pick. Um, part of me, you know, if we get we'll get into discussion and predictions. If I'm looking at this, it would not surprise me at all if, in some way, shape, or form, we see Big Show win the match but not win the championship. Um, it wouldn't surprise me we see something like that occur tonight. Uh, I I would say, regardless of who wins this matchup, I would be absolutely shocked, floored, flabbergasted, whatever word you want to use, if Randy Orton does not walk out the champion tonight. He's walking out with that strap. It's how it happens. Uh, I I would doubt it's going to be a straightforward victory. There's going to be some shenanigans at some point involved. Lots of speculation as far as people showing up. There was rumors circulating that... uh, Batista was in Boston. Do we have a guy like Batista uh, help out his old evolution teammate in Orton and uh help uh Orton win the match? Who knows? But I think something screwy is gonna happen. It's tough to me, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Big Show is gonna win this matchup, however he's not gonna walk out with the championship. Your thoughts going into this match, Dave?
0: Oh well, I think with the way that the storyline played out on Monday night, I personally think that I don't think Orton will get any kind of help from anybody. I think they'll make it some kind of no-disqualification match. I think they'll do some sort of stipulation at the last minute between the two of them. But I think with the way that Orton's been booked, yes, he's a heel, but going into WrestleMania and you know WrestleMania season coming up, I think he needs a strong win and a definitive win. And I think he'll do it on his own. He'll barely scrape by, but he'll do it on his own. And I'm I'm going with a Randy Orton victory uh, over Big Show tonight.
1: Wow, so we differ on that one, but both both thinking that Orton's definitely going to walk out with the championship. Uh, you know, it should be. You know, I'm kind of curious where they're going to go with Orton, but I think that Orton's going to get a a long run. Um, yeah, you know, Big Show, what do you do now going forward with Big Show? Big Show walks out of this pay per view, not the champion. We've talked on the show. I mean, do you eventually move into setting up a match between Big Show and Triple H? Does Show get another shot at Randy Orton? Uh, you know, it, it's where exactly do you go with Big Show coming out of? Uh, let's all, spe- I mean, we're all speculating. And we're pretty, pretty damn near certain that Big Show doesn't walk out of this this event with the, the championship. What do you do going forward with Big Show?
0: Uh, you put him against Triple H, um, you know, and I think the timing is kind of good for for this too. Usually in December, uh, pay per views don't really do too well um, because. Christmas shopping the month of December um, for the holidays, so they're saving a few bucks. Uh, I think maybe they're going to try and do a a Triple H Big Show uh, match at the next pay-per-view for TLC. I don't know what kind of stipulation it's going to be, but that's the real payoff as far as all this stuff happening with Big Show. Like I've said before, um, I'm not a huge fan of this match taking place with Orton and Big Show yet. They had a a pretty fun Extreme Rules kind of match at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view back in May, so they're capable of doing some good stuff together, but I just think the build towards it has been kind of eh. At the same time, Big Show losing his job, coming back, and bribing the authority to get his job back, it would in his best interest from a character standpoint, yeah, sure, why don't I just get a title shot out of this deal too while I'm at it since I, since I got them by the ball. So it made sense for him to do that. But um, I think the real story is with him and Triple H, and I think that will take place at next month's pay-per-view with the TLC pay-per-view. So maybe Triple H, as, as much as he says there will not be involvement from him. Maybe there will be involvement from him against uh, in the Big Show Randy Orton match setting up something for him and Big Show at the at the, uh, the TLC pay-per-view. But with a name like Triple H being advertised for a non-Big Four pay-per-view like TLC in the month of December, I think the strategy is just, let's put the two of them in a big match on a pay-per-view where well, we know we're not going to get as many buys because it's the holidays and people save money to go Christmas shopping. So let's see what we can do here. And I think that's what the strategy is going forward. And I think Triple H and Big Show isn't just going to be a one-and-done kind of thing. I think it might last for a few months as a part of the authority you know, McMahon family storyline Going into
1: WrestleMania 30 I would agree with you I mean, I think this story still has uh, Some legs uh, Interesting enough, like going out of this uh, You know, lots of speculation uh, Going on, do we have a return? Uh, do we have an appearance? Or do we see this tomorrow night? Uh, lots of speculation on who might be coming back Where do you go with Randy Orton after this?
0: I've been hearing uh, Mark Henry is apparently going to challenge Randy Orton for the WWE Championship at the TLC pay-per-view in Houston, Texas. He's from Silsby, so he's a Texas boy. Maybe that makes sense. Um, Like I said earlier, there was a possibility of Sheamus. Sheamus and Randy Orton have had a a rivalry many times in the past. Maybe we'll do Sheamus versus Randy Orton in the authority um, going into the the next pay-per-view. But uh, then again, who knows what's going to happen. But I think... uh, Orton, from now until WrestleMania, I think Orton's going to need to look dominant and strong as the champion, because he's had some questionable victories as the champion. Yes, he's a heel, and heels do that, but at the same time, you also want to add credibility to that championship, if they are planning on doing a unification bout of some kind with the two world titles at WrestleMania next year. So, I think from now until WrestleMania, Orton's going to be mowing through guys and He's the you know, the, the, the heel champion that everyone's gonna be chasing for the belt.
1: Lots of speculation, lots of stuff, and it's interesting, you know, as we go forward into the WrestleMania thirty season, the seeds are beginning to be planted even even this early. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Get over there onto the Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Show. We need your votes. We need to finalize the nominations for the best indie wrestler of the year. So go over there. Get your votes in to finalize that ballot and the nomination process. But we do it now once a month on our uh, pay-per-view pregame shows. You guys, you know what it's time for.
0: The Ken Ken Reed Show, not over-proofed.
1: This is the portion of our program where we we talk about something in the world of pro wrestling that we just, we enjoyed, we liked. You know that moment, you know the moment where you're sitting on your couch and you just nod to yourself and say, yeah, that worked, I like that. And that gets our nod of approval. And this week, you know, we've moved this to doing it basically once a month on our pay-per-view special shows. And for me, this week, my nod of approval is actually going to James Storm and Bobby Roode. And... Um, you know it's interesting because I feel like a lot of times for whatever reason when I do uh, when we do the pay per view pregame shows it seems like between the WWE and TNA whatever company has the pay per view the other company gets my nod of approval go figure but anyway watching their match on on uh, Thursday night on Impact uh, another tremendous matchup I really like what TNA has done between the history with these guys they have a nice two year run. Uh, Of being bitter rivals Uh, And then you go back before that Being tag team partners A great tag team, arguably Perhaps the best tag team in TNA history Uh, Quite a history between the two of them And I think TNA's done a real good job With kind of pulling them apart And having other storylines But every so often bringing them back together They keep them on opposite ends The hatred is still there Whenever you put these two guys in a ring You can go back and just relive the history Between the two of them and the history has been great. You've got two guys that can perform in the ring. Two guys that can really cut a promo. I found their matchup, again, very entertaining on Thursday night. And I just I love what I see out of the two of these guys. And uh, I like the finish a lot with that. Uh, where are they going to go with it? Uh, you know, you still have the hatred between Rude and Storm. And now Gunnar in the mix throwing in the towel. I, I thought the finish was very unique. So... Like the match, it's it's almost a collective for me. Everything I've seen at a Storm and Rude, but great match, very interesting finish, uh, very entertained. Love what I saw of them. So this week, my nod of approval goes to James Storm and Bobby Rude. Your thoughts on your nod, Dave? My nod,
0: you know, going through the month this this past month in wrestling, uh, it hasn't really. It, it takes a lot to really catch my eye. But what I love about you know wrestling these days, and at least guys that are wrestlers, is that you can see the fan in them sometimes, and what they do you know with their character. And some guys get into the business just to make a quick buck because they got a good look and they're marketable. And other guys get into it because they grew up watching it and they love it. And you could tell with the guys from Three MB. Um, I'm not a big Three MB fan by any stretch of the imagination, but what I am a fan of is old school wrestling, and I love. Uh, you know, how, if you go on WWE.com right now, I love all the past two weeks they've been changing their gimmick up a little bit and kind of, you know, I wouldn't say reinventing themselves, but keeping it fresh a little bit with the music theme to them to tied to their gimmick. And they came out on WWE.com. It was taped at the SmackDown tapings in Atlanta on Tuesday as the Freebirds. And I think Keith Slater did one of the best Michael Hayes impressions I've ever heard in my entire life. I thought it was just, it was hilarious. It was funny. You know, Wrestling has a mixture of you know drama and action and comedy and and everything else in between and you know Santino's a comedy bit on WWE. Well, I think Three mb can kind of fill that void as well too because I thought it I thought the Freebird thing it fit. Their Freebirds are from Atlanta, Georgia. They were in Atlanta when they taped SmackDown this past Tuesday night. I, I was I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining, I'd love to see more stuff like that from 3MB I'm not saying, now, like, don't get me wrong all the internet out there, they're probably gonna they're probably gonna want to castrate me after I say this, but I, I'm not I don't want them to be a part of the main event of Wrestlemania, okay, but I think they should have more of a role on the show than just be, you know, the, the, the job guys, maybe, you know just keep them as a comedy act, and maybe you could turn them babyface. I don't know, but I, I find them, they're starting to grow on me a little bit from an entertainment aspect. I don't think that they're, by any stretch of the imagination, must-see TV, but they they're they have something there that I think can work for them um, on television in the WWE. So I'm going to go with uh, 3MB dressing up as the fabulous Freebirds, although they call themselves Three Birds.
1: Clever. Hey, are right. 3MB, and Storm and Root are, are nods of approval.
3: The,
1: the Ken Reedy Show
0: Nod of Approval. approval. <laughs>
1: And there's our knowledge of approval. We got one more match to preview going into this pay-per-view. And of course, we're going to wait to keep John Cena last. He's our main event because that's what we do. John Cena versus Alberto Del Rio. You know, it's been, you know, it's been cool because John Cena just giving him that title has given the world title more prestige. I've enjoyed kind of back and forth with him and Del Rio. I like Del Rio a lot. I like what he brings to the table. I think he's a real good heel. Um, I am suspecting that this is the last we're going to see out of this program. This is the uh, final match between these two. It's been a decent run. Um, It's interesting to start to speculate where exactly these two guys go coming out of this matchup. Uh, I don't think you're going to get anything screwy out of this match. I don't think it's going to be... I think it's going to be pretty straightforward. I think you're going to see Del Rio uh, work a lot on Cena's arm. Uh, Cena will never, ever, ever tap out ever to anyone's move ever. Um, I just I see it being a straightforward uh, bout and John Cena coming out victorious, um, beating Alberto Del Rio cleanly. Uh, I think the more interesting uh, talk is where exactly you go coming out of this matchup. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this match, Dave?
0: I think it should be a solid match. Like you said, I think Del Rio's going to work the arm. Um, I'm hoping for some sort of twist, a surprise of some sorts, because I feel like this match is a little too bland. Uh, maybe we'll see a, an appearance by Damian Sandow. Sandow lost his Money in the Bank contract uh, cash-in match against Cena a few weeks back. They had a great match on Raw. Maybe Sandow's going to come out looking for revenge. Maybe that will plant the seeds for something next month between Sandow and Cena. Who knows? But I think um, we'll see John Cena walk out. He's in Boston, too, his hometown. They've been hyping that up. So he's going to get a positive reaction of some sort. Not a whole lot, but he'll get a positive reaction of some sort. I think he's walking out the winner. I don't really see anything uh, too crazy taking place uh, during this match. But Cena Cena with the victory.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a good pairing, especially Cena coming off of injury you know, Del Rio is one of those guys that he's a true heel. You know, he's not that heel that, that gets, you know, a good amount of applause. I mean, people pretty much across the board kind of hate him. And so I think John Cena, the, the, the amount of Cena cheers uh, has, has probably increased a bit uh, with his program with Del Rio. I, I agree with you. For a guy coming to his uh, his hometown Uh, it's not going to be that, uh, usual home cooking you, you see, uh, from other wrestlers. There's going to definitely be, uh, a large percentage of booze, but I think for fans, it's difficult to cheer for Del Rio. So, uh, you do get, uh, at least closer to that traditional heel faced relationship with the crowd, uh. Promises to be a decent match. I'm curious your thoughts, Dave, on looking at the match and how this pay per view is booked, the speculation, who winds up being the main event. I think to to continue to, you know, push this the uh the WWE title to really push this idea of what the authority is saying of Randy Orton being the face of the WWE. I think creatively Everything surrounding this matchup What they're trying to do with Orton What they're trying to do as far as you know Pushing perhaps towards a unification bout I think the WWE title Still needs to be the main event uh, When John is in the mix Of course there's always that possibility That the world championship match Goes on last But I, I think we're going to see Big Show Orton on as your main event tonight What do you think about, as far as booking this pay-per-view
0: I would actually put the world title match on last. The only reason why I say that is because they're trying to restore credibility back to the World Heavyweight Championship and keep it on an even playing field with the WWE. Hell, you could even acknowledge on pay-per-view and maybe even start up a storyline, plant some seeds for the possible unification match at WrestleMania that Orton feels disrespected that Cena's title match is going to be on last and he should be the main event and then you could maybe have a stare down between the two backstage or start something Tomorrow night and then plant those seeds If they're going to go the the champion Versus champion route for Wrestlemania But I'm
1: going with Cena and Del Rio To close out the pay-per-view Interesting there you go that's one Prediction I guess uh, we, we differ on But uh, yeah that that would be cool I mean If they kind of blurred the lines a bit and, and Had Randy Orton pissing and moaning about The booking and that he should have Been in the main event uh, that would be that would be kind of cool, to, to, a way to, to start the seeds uh, and start planting the seeds as far as going into a unification bout. But, uh, uh, you know, as we talked about it and as we really analyzed uh, the not-so-great build, as we dissected and talked about each match, uh, I'm a little more optimistic, and I'm hoping we're going to have a, a solid, entertaining pay-per-view tonight, Dave
0: yeah absolutely i am I'm, I'm I'm hoping to be surprised I think we'll get a few uh, uh a few things we didn't see coming and uh, some entertaining stuff so overall I think we' it'll be a solid show i'm I'm hoping to get blown away by it
1: thanks a lot to all you guys for tuning in tonight and all the callers you were great lots of great points tonight remember we'll be back tomorrow night uh, from six thirty to eight o'clock to give you some survivor series reaction as well as giving you uh, some pregame talk as far as Raw Get over to the Facebook Vote for your favorite independent wrestler We're going to close the voting At 8 o'clock for the nomination The best independent wrestler Enjoy Survivor Series tonight For Dave, I am Ken Reedy Thank you all for tuning in We'll talk to you tomorrow night Take care everybody